see like spikes. I'm like, oh, that's where it all adds up, right? I love how you like keep all of this shit show in for the actual audience to hear all this oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's just pure <laughs> bullshit. Sometimes it's just <laughs> like us show. laughing like a bunch of idiots. Goddamn monkeys. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Brain Jiu Jitsu. We got the Brain Jiu Jitsu crew, Sans, Rico, and Steve. We got my man Sean, James, Arlen, Ryan, and uh, got my good friend here, Stu Starkey. Love this man. So he's joining us today in uh, in place of those guys, and uh, we're gonna bring his 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 topics into the fold. He has something he wants to talk to us about today. We're gonna do some fan questions, and uh, we're gonna have a damn good time today. We have a real good time. But uh, before we kick things off. This week's episode is brought to you by the Aura Ring. If you're interested in your sleep, if you're interested in tracking your sleep, if you're interested in learning about how well you're sleeping so that it impacts your health, impacts your day positively, then go to AuraRing.com slash RRX and you can get $50 off your ring and a free sizing kit. So I gotta say, who's been keeping track of their sleep? Because I have a feeling it doesn't matter what the four of us guys do, the BJJ crew, I have a feeling this guy's gonna kick our ass. He, he's got the ring. Your point, hey? Pull it up. Oh, those are the screenshots you were sending us before? Yeah, I was sending screenshots. Oh, I'm like, keep those in line, <laughs> yo. Keep those in line, yo. Keep those in Nobody let's wants to see this. Pull this up. Let's see, let's see these. Let's see these. Please, here. I, I, I got him to send me the screenshot. I was with him on Sunday. And I'm like, send me a screenshot. I'm going to send it to these boys. This man pulls like a 95. And they're just like, oh, okay, what's going on here? Uh, last night, so you guys would be jealous of Last night, 87. It was his readiness. His sleep score was 85. Two hours and 14 minutes of REM, one hour of deep. Like, this man's like going deep every night, man. Mm, his sleep's 86, 83, 80. What's, uh, what's the uh, efficiency there? Th this is new, though. My efficiency's not usually that great, but. 80? Usually uh, around 80, 85, he's yeah. sitting around. Oh, but this is new. The, the I was really tired for so long. And I started wearing the order ring to try and figure it out. Ryan introduced me to it. And I don't actually know exactly what it was. I think it's a bunch of things. But just recently, like two weeks ago, I started getting deep sleep. Before, it was like 20 minutes of deep. Do you think it was the weighted blanket? What did you change? Uh, so added a weighted blanket. Mm -hmm. Added meditation uh, as a daily practice uh, at some point during the, uh, during the night or during the day. And then aromatherapy. So like I added And you cut out drinking. Before bed. Yeah. Well, today you're screwed. Let's not look at this thing. Yeah. Show your scores tomorrow. There. Right? Yeah. 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 No, but it's pretty good though, man. Well, like good. your sleep has been real on point, real on point. And again, it just goes down to when you want to get good sleep. Like Arlen's been testing his sleep. Like looking at the data, he's been logging on to the online uh, portal, and he's just been looking at the data and trying to figure out like find correlations what he's doing and how it's impacting his sleep. And the same thing with you. You know you're not getting sleep. You know you're not feeling rested. So you're testing it out. You're, getting, you're trying the lavender, right? The window open, it gets a little bit of fresh air in there. The weighted blankets, no drinking or eating before bed, meditation, like you're testing. So it's that important. Temperature is the biggest thing for me. Mm. For sure. I get the temperature right, I'll get a deeper sleep. He didn't like the chili pad though, eh? It's cooling blanket, or cooling pad. It doesn't matter, yeah. chili or pad. Or ch or yeah, whatever. It was sound for me though. Are you sorry? Sorry, go ahead. It, it, once, once the AC part of the unit kicked on, it was too loud. Mm -hmm. Sound oh. bugs me. You don't like white noise. You can't sleep no. with white noise. Interesting. No. No. Has to be quiet. Do you it, sleep with earplugs in general? Uh, I'm starting to. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's different, though. Everyone's temperature different. for you. For me, it's just the food. Not yeah. eating or drinking food within three hours of bedtime like is, is the single most impactful 
very so little. So not eating. Not yes. eating. Yeah. yeah. Not At eating least three bed. hours. I almost like going to bed hungry. Like it's not as comfortable. We were talking about this before. I just it feels nice to go to bed on a full stomach, right? Just yeah. lay down, yeah. tummy's full. But my Only sleep bed. is not nearly as good subjectively and according to the numbers. I wake up and I don't feel good. And then I look at the numbers and I was a lot more uh, um, restlessness right. and uh, waking periods less deep sleep it's just it's a mess so if I go to bed kind of hungry my heart rate's lower my heart rate variability is higher and it's just it's more constant yeah so yeah my heart rate takes a long time to come down about that's the other part it's it, and then the average is at least three beats higher for me in the night so crazy that's awesome well, again that's orarring.com slash rrx go there grab yourself an aura ring get dollars off and uh, your free sizing kit Alright man, so instead of doing wine, we do wine every single week. We did beer, like this was a couple months ago, and now we uh, we got our guest on. He's bringing us some Don Julio 70s. So why is this tequila so damn good, and why is it so smooth? Because this is a good tequila. Is it so good? So I've been, I've been a fan of the podcast for a little while, and I see you, uh, sophisticated gentlemen, drinking so wine. So sophisticated. Uh, every night, and I wanted to bring a little culture. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so sorry, Sean. Yeah, no, no problem at all. Yeah. And the man hates tequila, by the way. He hates tequila. So I was in Calgary a few months ago. My buddy busts out this bottle he got as a gift, and he knows I like tequila. And he says, "Okay, let's try this together." And pours me a glass, and my eyes just lit up. This was the best tequila I've ever had by far. That's it's good. smooth drinking. It's an añejo from Don Julio. Uh, what's special about it is when they age this tequila in the cask, they have a charcoal filter in, just like a vodka would do. Mm -hmm. So it clarifies it, takes a little bit of that extra bite that some of the tequilas have out, and leaves you with that little sweet aftertaste in the end. So it's good. This is DJ70. No doubt, man. Well, I know when you, yeah, when you go to Mexico, all the Mexicans always like, re recommend Don Julio. I've it's never seen a white Añejo, though. Yeah. Th this one's special. So this is the 70, which means 70th anniversary of Don Julio. And it's the only uh, crystal clario, which means they have a char char uh, charcoal filter in it. So crazy. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I got I to gotta give me some of those. Uh -huh. but. You gotta get, get yourself a shipment in. You gotta put uh, put me down for one of those, brother. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's so good, so good. Anyways, Don Julio. So uh, cheers to that. Stu's already finishes off, and Sean's gonna sit there and chug his. No, no, it's done. Are you done? Yeah, man. Just power through it, man. Yeah, yeah, power through it, literally, just right over the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> nice and easy. Nice and easy. Well, maybe, 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 maybe give it a Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love just stumbling around there. <laughs> All right, so I want to crack into this one, but Stu is here, and he's got something he's always very passionate about that. Um, him and I talk about a lot. And it's this idea of community. We kind of talked about that, I think last episode or two episodes ago, two episodes ago, where I was talking about purpose and saying that when you have completely filled your cup, then you want to give to others. So when you have focused on building the best life you possibly can, at that point, that's when you can start to focus on like giving to others. Because my cup is full, so I'm gonna help fill up other cups. Stu is very much focused on community and bringing community to the forefront. Because as we talked about, we all are kind of like lone wolves these days and we're kind of becoming more independent. He's going the complete opposite way and believes that we need to be investing more in community. So, man, I'll just uh, let you take it away instead of me talking for you. Thanks. Um, <laughs> appreciate you guys allowing me to talk about a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Um, so I started working on uh, this a couple years ago. Uh, sat down and really trying to figure out how to get myself motivated at work. Um, we had started to achieve our numbers and everything was going real good. 
uh, but I found myself not waking up in the morning with the same vim and vigor that uh, I used to. So um, after taking a look at my life and, and what we're doing in work, what I found was in both areas, giving back, helping others was what really got me motivated uh, during the day um, to put those long hours in and be energized like I used to be. Um, so we started to make more initiatives at work um, that helped with the community, with helped uh, giving our services to the community. And uh, so long story short, we've created our own program and, and a podcast through Ryan, Ryan's help, Community Big Hearts. And what we're trying to do is not just do it ourselves. We realize we can have impact on ourselves, but when we really make change is inspiring others to give back. So I want to ask you guys today is like what what are you guys doing in your community to help others? And this isn't like a challenge to anybody and if you're not doing it, it's all good. What I want to get out of the conversation is what are you doing? What made you choose to do that? Or if you didn't, like what's the obstacle? What went through like did you even have a mental process to decide, hey, I'm not going to, or you just never thought to? Because we're trying to play out ways to figure out how to reduce those obstacles. We're right now, like, we're building an app to try and help mm. volunteering in our communities. Um, so removing some of those obstacles that people find that they've had to volunteer. Mm. So um, I don't know what the process is, but conversation, we would love to hear, you know, what you guys, all those questions. You know, it's funny, one of the first things when it comes to community that I've always done, it's, it hasn't been for people, but it's been for animals, right? Like dogs and cats, and maybe this is where, I don't know if it's, I don't know, I don't know this, it's just who I am. I always say that I will always give more of my time and my money, my resources, to animals before I do people. I love animals, like as you know, right? Um, as you all know, I love animals so much. So anytime that I have an opportunity to give my time, give my resources, make connections, it's always for animals. So every year around Christmas time, I have a partnership with Best West Pet Foods and I will, they, they will give me a pallet of kitty litter and I will grab that kitty litter and I will go and donate it to all the like, the really like, uh, not, not poor animal shelters, but the animal shelters that like, don't get a lot of donations, right? My, my monthly like community donations comes from, from me, goes to the, again, lesser funded uh, areas in the community um, that are shelters for dogs and cats. And to me, like that's, that's always what I'm passionate about. And when I give to my community, that's essentially where I wanna play for like the rest of my life. Like why I do what I do right now is to continue to accumulate um, resources, make connections to help these shelters. And the shelter where I got Roxy from, my dog, they, have, they get so much of my time and so much of my resources because of that, because I just, I love it so much. So you talk about community, it's usually not much to do with people, man, but it's the dogs, but here's the cool thing is that those dogs and cats do go to people, right? So if I can support these places to keep them open, they're all no-kill animal shelters. So if I can keep them open, then, you know, they can help somebody else one day by giving them like, you know, their forever pet kind of thing. So that's what, what I do. Do they make it pretty easy on you to spend your time or resources? Helping? So easy, man. Yeah. They, they, don't, they don't ask anything of you, right? They don't ask anything. Like, to them, it's just they're so gracious if they get anything. Um, whether it's money, cat litter, dog food, newspapers. Here's the craziest thing, right? Newspapers. They put out a, a call on social media one day. They were just like, we're running out of newspapers. We have a whole bunch of cats. And we have newspapers. They're like pooing and peeing everywhere and at, like puppies and everything. What do we do? And I'm like... What are you guys doing? 
go to like the Winnipeg Sun, Winnipeg Free Press. They just don't think that way. They're like, well, what do we do? Who do we talk to? I'm like, I'll get on the phone. I go on the phone with the Big Free Press. I'm like, hey, I'm like, the shelter over here, uh, Winnipeg No Kill Animal Shelter, they need a whole bunch of newspapers. I'm like, come on down. Like, you got a truck? I'm like, I will get a truck. Go down there, got a truck, and they have pallets, pallets of paper just like stacked up that they're gonna recycle, and they're just like, take what you need. And I'm like, why is this a problem? It's not a problem. That's, that's just it. Like, that's it. If we connect everybody who wants to help people who are passionate about a cause, who have resources or a skill to, to dedicate, we would eradicate almost all the problems that we would have in this city. Right. It's just like solving those silly little problems, like who's got a truck and who's got leftover newspaper to totally. solve this problem on ends. That took like you four seconds of thought and probably no two minutes of uh, uh, phone calls. And now they never to have solve to have that problem. Ask. Now they never ask for newspapers again because right. they're just like, oh, well now we just have a partnership with these guys. And what do they do? They just put on their website, like, thank you to the Winnipeg Free Press for your donation. Winnipeg Free Press is happy, they're happy, done. But they've never thought about that, right? And that's, that, that's the cool thing with what you're talking about is that sometimes it doesn't take much. It was my services and understanding just how to like barter and communicate and negotiate and negotiate, like, like negotiate. I asked them and they said yes, you know, like well, they just love to get rid of this newspaper. 100% they're just like, yeah, for sure. Even Best West Pet Foods, they're just like, yeah, we have a whole bunch of cat litter, give it away. And to them it was like, it's nothing, it's sand. Like it costs, like the margin on that's like nothing. Like it costs us nothing to get that. Like, like oh, the margin on it's huge, I mean, sorry. Right. But it's like for us to have it, like the cost of it, it's like nothing. It's like sand. So just like no problem donate it. So I love what you say. It's always like, what are you good at? And donate that to the community, right? Like what are you good at? What are you passionate about? Like what can you do to give back? Um, I'm gonna give two examples. One. I definitely get that sense of uh, reward and something out of it from another that I don't and follow that up with a question for you. So the first one that I'm quote unquote passionate about and I get, I definitely get a lot from is at my place of business. We have a, a team of volunteers um, called the Critical Incident Stress Management. So SISM, they call it. So that is anytime something um, potentially um, catastrophic, not even necessarily catastrophic happens. So it could be in a person's individual life. Um, eventually, or sorry, over time, the definition is kind of expanded to include things like large-scale disasters when they had the fires in Fort Mac. A team would fly out there when the shooter was on the loose in Moncton. It affects both the people directly at my work, maybe the families <coughs> outside, maybe the community at large. So anywhere that we see that we can contribute something uniquely, we will respond. Um, it's very ingrained in the culture of my work where if something happens, people know to expect a call. It's part of the process that the company goes through. Um, and the reason why I love that particular one is I find I'm talking to a lot of people who maybe don't have another person who speaks the language that we speak at work to talk to, whether it's their spouse or kids or friends outside of work. It's hard sometimes, and I know even with myself, when I leave work, if I've had a tough day sometimes, it's way harder to explain why my day was harder than to just be like, yeah, it was just a rough day. And just leave it at that, bottle it up. Bottle it up. Um, not only that, but I've had some exchanges where I really didn't expect the person to either need or want to talk that has like really opened up and they've come and thanked me after because of the impact that I've had or they'd call me when they're like, no, I'm good. They would call me the next night and be like, you know what, I think I do need to chat or whatever. And the fact that they reached out to me made me feel like well, this is an area that I can uniquely contribute here. So that's, that I realize is one thing that I'm really, um, that really attracts me to helping in that capacity is being uniquely capable of helping there. Right. Um, so that's where one that I'm 
one way of giving, one community that I'm focused on giving in, that I'm passionate about. The other is financially. So I've done the charities thing in the past and I still do. The one that I focus on right now is the Canadian Red Cross, partly because I looked at like Money Sense ranks the top 100 charities every year. They do on like overhead, what the CEOs are paid and all that sort of thing. They come up with scores on it. And I followed that for a while, but then I was realizing, you know what, I do want to help like in a humanitarian effort in a lot of ways. When there's hurricanes and whatever, it seems like mm-hmm. the, Red, the Canadian Red Cross is always on site. They get a high rating. It seems like they get high praise. They're, they're really uh, people who work for the Canadian Red Cross seem to have high job satisfaction. So that leads me to trust them a bit. But I don't know them from a hole in the wall. And what's led me away from charities in the past is all these horror stories of like, Every dollar that you contribute, something like $10 gets to where you want it to go to support the cause or something like that, right? So I'm so much more into helping directly, like we talk about giving food directly to people on the streets or whatever it is. I want to see the impact of what I'm doing. Mm. I would rather 100% of my efforts and time or, I mean, obviously it's not going to be money. I think everyone should be compensated for work. And if they have, if you want to attract people to nonprofits and you're going to compete with the private sector, you have to pay them well. That's fine, right? I want them to attract the talent. But you just want to know that your dollars are making a difference. So I contribute less to charity now than I have in the past and more to things like the SISM team that I was explaining um, earlier just because I see the impact. Like it's at arm's reach. Mm-hmm. I want to be uniquely capable of making an impact there and I want to see the impact of my efforts. So those are the two areas that I'm focused on. Um, the question I have for you, how do you resolve that? First I want to say that's beautiful and you, you gave me some some good ammo uh, and uh, fuel to keep moving forward on okay. our app that we're building. Okay. But you're talking about being involved in doing something and helping others. is isn't just helping others, it's helping you as well. It's this community effect that Ryan and I talk about. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So well, that's the thing. That's That's what I was like. It's a volunteer position, but I get more out of that than the dollars that I get compensated for doing my actual job. Right. I would much rather spend an hour with a person helping them in a crisis than 10 hours being paid to do my actual job because yeah, it's so much amazing. more rewarding, right? Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily get that from the charity app, the charity side. So my question was going to be, how do you, like what Ryan is saying, uh, it's a very simple and elegant solution to the newspaper thing that you came up with, but it, it's thinking out of the box and it's almost serendipity that you were the person in that position, exposed to that information and connecting those dots. How do you do that? Like, how does the average person find that way that they can contribute uniquely with all of these options out there, whether it be charity or whatever the case might be? Like, some people, I think a lot of people would be more inclined to give if they could see the avenues, maybe like I was talking about, where it's like they can uniquely make an impact. And I don't know, I guess the ball has to start rolling for them to feel what we're talking about, but. Yeah, great question, I'm excited to answer it. Um, because how, like what we started doing in our podcast, <coughs> we interview um, a, an organization, charity or business leader, and we would uh, find out what the problem is, um, or, or the problem they're solving, and then we wouldn't want to just have a conversation about it, we wanted to do something about it. So I realized like, like I'm kind of uniquely positioned to be a problem solver. That's what I do in my job, and um, I think I'm pretty good at it. And so we ended up like doing these kind of things that Ryan was doing, making one and one make three, um, where we helped out an organization um, 
with an interest rate loan so they can provide these um, AED devices. Mm -hmm. And in exchange for the interest free part of it, they had to provide these psychological uh, first aid courses for free to Bear Clan, um, which um, provides, as you guys probably know, like mm -hmm. safety services around the city. Uh, <coughs> and, and so combining these different things, which it ends up costing me nothing other than a little bit of money out for a few months and then it comes back and a ton of people are being helped. The, to answer your question is like, I think we all have to identify what our unique skill sets are and then try and apply those to the areas that will best need them. So that's like, that's step number one. Like we have to identify that. But what I want to do with an app is then accumulate a bunch of charities. Um, and then have a description of what those charities' purpose is, and then what you'd be doing when you're volunteering to help those charities. Then you got to, that's on one side. The other side, you have a set of volunteers who are then aligning themselves with the purpose and the skill sets needed and the time commitment needed. And then we start marrying those two together. Kind of like service. a yeah, two sided marketplace for uh, charity and volunteers. Very cool. That's awesome. I think Sign me up. Right? Awesome, I think the, the big thing here, too, to answer your question, is I think once you start being curious, like serendipity does happen, right? Like you're, you're going to be in the right time, the right place. And to say that I was very lucky that, that I had, I was privy to that conversation. I was there and I knew exactly how to have a, uh, a solution to it. I think the first thing is just like get involved in whatever you possibly can. That's point. I wasn't but focused like, on you being lucky. I was more focused on them being lucky that sure. they had you. For sure, who made that connection? But for sure, very good point. I just think that some just get involved and get involved. And if you care enough, like you will be in the right time, the right place. You might talk to somebody. They might ask you say, ask a simple question like, "What do you need help with today?" Mm -hmm. Something might spark. Something might not. Doesn't matter, right? But I think the first thing is just like be interested. Like figure out first off because today we're so focused on ourselves. We're focused on like what we're doing today, what we're eating, like my social media game, like all this stuff. And it's just so much stuff. It's just a lot of it's shallow. But when you give back, man, does that make you feel good? As something sure as simple as like going out and buying a whole bunch of toques and mitts and giving it to like people outside the homeless shelter and giving them that, it makes you feel good. That's man. the best. That's the best. And those are the final rules those opportunities. Are the best ones. This is what I mean, though. This those is like, and we've talked about this before. Where I'm like, even though as short as I am on time, once I've accumulated a certain amount of like material wealth, I'm like. I just, I, I don't need much more of that. I just want to give more. I want to give more now, you know? So I, I have that, that need, that drive. But then sometimes when I start looking at like charities and things like that, I'm like, just totally. get par paralysis by analysis. And then I go back wow. to what I know. It's like one-on-one, -on -one, how can I make a difference to the people in my life? And again, then my circle starts to shrink. But you, you know, know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But you know what's crazy too? Is there's so much, there's so many charities out there that are so like small. So we all think of like the big ones, yeah. right? We don't have to name them, but we think of the sure. big ones, right? Like Red Cross and what have you, um, or maybe more that, that are local. But I found the reason why I got interested is because I, when I went and talked to these, like it just, again, just so happened. I was looking for like a shepherd and I found it at this like no-kill animal shelter. I had no idea where the hell this place was. Small little place. And I'm like, wow, like, how, how do you guys run this place? She goes, oh, it's just me and donations. I'm like, well, how many donations? She goes, she goes not a lot. And I could say, I'm like, so why do, you, why do you do this? She goes, I do it for the animals. And I'm like, and I look at some of the cats in there, and the cats have been in there for like a year. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, they've been here for a year. She goes, yep. I'm like, what would help? She goes, marketing. I'm like, well, marketing would help. Hey, I'm like, well, you ever think, like, we got the Jets. Why don't you just name some of these dogs and cats after Jets players and throw it online? She's like, I never thought about that. So they start naming their dogs like Bufflin and <laughs> Little and Lad, right? And all of a sudden they started getting a whole bunch of people. Then the Jets come over there and it's just like, 
like they just don't know because they're so passionate by their drive to like take care of animals they don't think outside the right. box that's awesome right so then man like you got to talk about what you're doing now because that's huge yeah yeah like, Stu, you got to hear about this one it's cool so <clears throat> i uh these guys are probably sick of hearing tired of it i don't want to hear it anymore <laughs> I, 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 i'm gonna sip on my dj 70 while yeah you talk. that's right yeah so i uh i started a little project i uh a lot of times I'll, I'll hear a lot of the nurses and doctors and they're complaining in the city about how bad the medical system's been getting and how they're overworked and things aren't working out and this and that. And, you know, I start quoting different studies about this and that and how maybe this is improved but that's not. And <clears throat> at one point I stopped and I said, well, listen, has anyone ever asked you specifically, I'm talking to the nurse or doctor, your opinion on, on how things can get better? If the PC government here is trying to save money, do you have some ideas on how they could save money other than personnel to make your life and your job a little easier? Do you have some ideas on how they can restructure things so that we can have a better quality of care, better uh, quality of life for you as the employee and, and for the patient? And, and their unanimous answer was no. No one's ever come and asked us our opinion. So that's where I <clears throat> decided to kind of use some of the skills that I've developed. I have a computer science degree from, from U of M. And I, I said to myself, well, listen, I'm going to make a website called sustainablehealthcare.ca. I'm going to set up, set up a kind of a survey. I'm going to kind of try and market it to the nurses and doctors in there. And it's, all the questions are designed around trying to get these guys to kind of volunteer how they can make the system better, how, how they can do, and just, you know, the mission statement's all there if you go to sustainablehealthcare.ca, but it's just, it's all there on, on how to make the system better, how to make their quality of life better, and how to make it a better experience for the patient. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, so that's been up for about a month. Um, actually, to be honest, today I was doing some work on the server, so if you go there right now, it won't be, it won't be up. <laughs> was there yesterday, and it'll be there tomorrow, but, uh, but you know, it's verified. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be there tomorrow if you go. But it's uh, not in the series, it'll be okay. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's just a it'll, it'll this guy's just plugging this yeah. community. This is a redirect to his yeah. website for a speaker. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. The loudfactory.ca. Yeah, right. You really want to go, no. I clicked but, the link and it took me to the speaker. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> it's a short term guys. <laughs> But yeah, so that's 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 what I'm kind of trying to do right now to kind of get that. And then once I have a certain amount of results, I'm going to review it with a uh, a bunch of members within the community, like doctors and nurses, volunteers, to kind of see what's a feasible idea and what's not. And then I'm going to kind of do like a deep dive analysis on how much money this might save, what it would take to implement it, that and so forth, and spend some time doing that. And then once I have some deliverables, then I'm gonna go to the, to the government and say, listen, this is the ideas that your workforce that's complaining out the wazoo have to save you money, to make their job quality better, and to make the patient happier. It's gonna save you X number of dollars, it's gonna take this to implement, here you go, and it's free. I won't charge a dollar for it. It's just there. It is. Here you go. And just I hope they use it. But if they don't, at least I could sleep at night knowing that. You tried. You tried. I'm going to every news outlet and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. If it's something you're passionate about, 
push, man. Yeah, well, that's awesome. I mean, it's just you know, like you want good healthcare in your community, in your cities, right? And and you want to take care of the people that are delivering it too. And you know, that just spoke to me, man. I don't know. I think the cool story about that whole oh, thing yeah. was just that you heard so many people just bitching and complaining, and you're like, man, I can't take this anymore. You know, and you did something about it. Now that's what we talk about all the time, where you have the leaders, the members, and the contributors. So he was a that's member a that became a leader, right? And that's what it all comes down to. Because when we say the members are sitting on the fence, right? The contributors find a way to contribute to another charity, whether it be through donations, through their time, through their services. And then you have leaders who start something, who create a movement, who drive change, right? And that's where Sean, I'm like, man, like guy just became a community leader by taking charge, seeing a problem and saying, I have the skills to address this. I got to do something about it. And that's how all this stuff starts. You know, so that's why I was so passionate about our idea. When we started talking about the idea for the community of big hearts, I was like, man, like when I talked to these guys, even Rico, like I wish Rico would be here, man, because he'd have a great story to tell about like what he's doing in the community. But he himself is a leader. When you see a problem, you take action with the best of your ability and you try to drive change. You're a community leader, man, and you're driving change. No matter how big or how small, it's 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 the first step. And who knows where it leads you? Man? Who knows? This one's so funny. It's because it's. Um, I think being a leader is is all about like seeing a problem, understanding that there's a potential solution here, and having confidence to just try it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's yeah. the worst thing that happened? You spent a bit of time. So you felt good about trying, and you learn. Yeah. And and it doesn't matter what the result is. It, the result is something that could be great, but yeah. but all those other things before it is going to be good no matter what because you put some time into it. Yeah. So good for you having the confidence to try something big like this. This could be huge for for Manitobans. It'd be awesome. Yeah. If it all worked out, it'd be great. I just need more people to go to sustainablehealthcare.ca. <laughs> have you and thought about those papers? I mean, obviously you thought about it. I, uh, so I have some ends in CJOB, I think would probably hear me out. I could probably go to some radio stuff you've offered to do to get me into some places. Totally, but just time-wise right now, it's kind of constrictive. So I just kind of have to like, when I start running with it, I'm gonna have to really start it's running patience, with it. Patience, though. So I'm just yeah. kind of just biding my time till I'm like, okay, like maybe now would be the good time to just kind of like spend two, three months and just go ham on this and see what I can get done. But I just I can't give it's as time. much time as I want right. to right now. Yeah. So I just figure like, okay, let me just kind of like collect as much info as I can, maybe push it without kind of. Pushing it, pushing it. And We're almost then, built in a night, man. That's We're right. Built so, in night so we'll see. Time. So we'll see. I, I, might, I might be able to help a little bit on, on both sides there. So I, I think I can get some people to go in there and get some feedback. And also, nice. I know some doctors and nurses who can vet that stuff. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Let's do this. That's yeah, cool, man. I love it. My I love man. it. Boo. Yeah. Boo, yeah. James, how about yourself, man? What have you been thinking? Um... I unfortunately just sleeping on his pile of money there. Right? <laughs> 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 yeah, I take it easy. I ain't giving none of my dollars. Yo, charity. Yo, see, that's what just what it. See, charity like starts at home. Ends <laughs> <laughs> at home in this case too. Yeah, right? so, so, guys, so bought an eighty-five-inch TV. Trying to enjoy it. No, see, and that's the thing is that I know I need to get better at is uh, time management. Because I do donate, I donate to UNICEF every single month and I have for the last like, few years because I know that it's easier for me to donate money than it is for my time, mm. for sure. And honestly, I don't know how, how people do find more time. And I like that if you're, you are coming out with an, with an app or some way to kind of streamline the system that if 
you kind of make it even a habit. And, and that's why I was telling like our kids that like we've, and again, it's one of those things that we've always talked about as a family. Hey, we should go help out, you know, around Christmas at soup kitchens or whatever the case may be. But it's, I'm, and I'm putting it on myself for sure that I am ignorant to the sense of not even knowing how to go ahead about and doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can call it Shalom Mission and stuff like that, but you know what I mean? There is this this ignorance on my part, which it is my fault, uh, of just not knowing you where to go know. to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I, I can't say, and, it, and the thing is my schedule is, isn't set. I don't work a typical like nine to five job. So my days do run into the evenings sometimes. So that's why I'm saying I, I don't have time and I can't commit, that's my problem. Like even with my kids have sports or dance or something, my wife is so reliant. She's the one who's doing it because I'm unreliable mm -hmm. and that asked because of my job. So I know for me right now, this time in my life, it's, it's the only thing that I really can do is, uh, is monetary, you know, literally by the time I get home and then I help my kids with homework, you know, I work out, do my things and it's time for bed. And then it's, you is, know, I'm going to challenge you. Is that an excuse though? Like, could you, could, 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 could you and the kids and Melissa not come up with something like, like, um, where you and the kids could go ahead and do something. It just comes down to knowledge, right? And ideas, yeah. right? So I don't want to sound like, like I'm, I'm pissing on you by saying it's an excuse and attacking you, but I'm just saying like, maybe it's just because you've never thought about how easy it is sometimes to just donate an hour 100%, time, right? 100%, that's exactly Like if you guys just went to like the dollar store and put together like Ziploc bags of like packaged peanuts, some like hand warmers and stuff and been like, kids, Melissa, let's go down to like the homeless shelter and donate 40 of these things, right? Y'all got 10 each and we're gonna walk down and give out, give them 10. Like that's something small, but you know what though? Like if you did that and everyone else started doing that and that became something that we just did where we gave back to our community, we just like, I got an hour to spend this year, this or two hours to spend this year. What am I gonna do? Two hours, that's better than zero, right? It's just, we don't think about how easy it is sometimes to do that. That's, you know, you know sorry to interrupt, but I, I, an idea hit me. You know, if you could incorporate into your app some sort of like, uh, almost like they had like a, like when you're booking a flight, like a last minute deal, where you're like, listen, I got an hour right now, and I want to give some time. That, yeah. Where can I go right now That's for cool. an hour, or two hours? Where Where can I go right now to help? Yeah. Anything, any anywhere, anything. Mm. Show me where I can go, address, and and let me click a button to say I'm going to be there at this time, and let super me just go. Just make it break right free, super easy, right? Yeah. Where it's just, exactly. just, it just it's like you said to just, do that. So if you went to Dollarama right now, where in case you buy a bunch of supplies that you feel would benefit, you know, socks, mitts, hand warmers, whatever kind of thing, where, so where are you going with that? So where you got to go, where am I going with it? Yeah. I'm going down to uh, Salvation Army on Higgins, Higgins and Maine. Okay. Okay. So yeah, all the time. So, so. Yeah, it's I the only that one that I really know is a fixed that address is this. Only help, like yeah, emergencies. So okay. Yeah, only one at a time. Only one at a time. So not only one at a time. Yeah, just yeah. you keep one going at a time. So so James is asking, um, like, where 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 do you go? So once you do that, it's like cool. But like, then where do I go? It's yeah. a great question, right? So me, I never go to Siloam. I usually just go to like Lighthouse Mission, or I'll go to Salvation Army because there's always people camping out there, like literally camping out there. So I'll go like knock on a tent. Where's Higgins in Maine? Where's the other one? Uh, Lighthouse Mission is literally right before that too. Oh, okay. So you got Lighthouse Mission. And then a little bit more north, you have mm. Salvation, not Salvation Army. And Salvation Army's always packed with people who just can't get in. Lighthouse Mission, there's a lineup of people there. Lineup. And if you just go behind Salvation Army, um, there's like a whole bunch of tents there. And just people out there sitting around tents. Like it's 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 not that big, but there's a whole bunch of people like in lineup just waiting to get into Salvation Army. It costs like I think 12 bucks a day to get a mat. 
in there. So yeah, so I, I have so much sympathy for him on days like this where it's like, man, you need 12 bucks to get in there. And that's where a lot of these guys are panhandling. So they're just like, all right, let's just cuddle up and try to stay warm overnight. I'm like, man, that's sad. And when you go there, it, it, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel so yeah. shitty at the same time. They charge you 12 bucks to get in? 12 bucks to get in. That's, I, I learned that because one of the guys was like, um, I'm like, where are you staying tonight? Because it was so cold. And he goes, I'm staying at Salvation Army. I'm like, nice. I'm like, what do you need to go in there anyways? He's like, well, 12 bucks. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, what does that get you? He's like, a mat, a shower, clean, clean clothes. I'm like, oh, I had no idea. I'm like, that's crazy. I have, uh, sorry, to interrupt. Go ahead. I was going to say, I realized that I have a soft spot in my heart for it. It's not necessarily charity, but something that I've been considering for a long time. Like people who are neglected, just neglected people, whether it's visiting prisons or old folks' homes, like oh, people who man, haven't man. had a visitor in years, like their family, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just want to, I, I have a thing to like, just reach out and connect with someone who hasn't felt that human connection. And I don't think that's necessarily charity or maybe making a difference at large, but that's one of those things where it's like, a one-on-one, -on -one, I would get so much out of that. Man, that's, that's something that I've been toying with. But I don't, I'm once Roman in a few months is anyways, a little older that I want to run by my wife. It's just like, I want to make this part of my routine. That's just cool. spend time with people who have nobody. Yeah. That's you know? so cool. Cause I've had, I've had people in my life who, who do have people around them and yet they feel isolated and just seeing the toll that that takes on someone that feeling alone in their life. I'm like, just someone reaching out, bridging that gap can make a big difference that Again, I don't know if that's charity, but that's one way that I would like to spend my time. So, Golden Door Man by, by St. Maurice. Remember that? Any of them. I drive by them all the time. And I think yeah. even my uncle, like, I mean, he's starting to get dementia and that sort of, and it's just, it's so, and this is partly the realization that came the other week when I was complaining about being cut off, but I'm like, I, for a long time in my life, had this, you know, and it's totally a North American attitude where older family members are a burden. Right? Mm -hmm. In other cultures, they're very celebrated for their yeah. wisdom, they're, they're respected, they're, they're like a crucial part of the family, where I grew up, it wasn't necessarily like that. So I drive by these old folks' homes all the time, and I think about like when I visited my uncle, how many of these people haven't seen their kids, their grandkids? Just another outside face that has reached out, you know? So um, it's something that I would like to implement. To, to respond to that, um, there's like charity, kind of sometimes has like a bad connotation to it um, yeah, I for, for where we started with this was community mm -hmm. and something you said there about the the older generations being neglected and how sad and, and powerfully sad that can be one of the inspirational events that happened for uh, myself and my business partner to do this community aspect of it so we went to the Okinawan Islands and it's where the longest living human beings are, especially the females. Japan. Yeah. So Okinawans are chain of islands, a thousand kilometers south of Japan. It's still part of their country, okay. but it, it's it's quite far away, and it's it's fairly tropical. And so they've done all sorts of studies there because they really do live a lot longer. And the females are like average eight to ten years longer than everywhere else on the planet. Mm -hmm. And they what, they identified five things, but the number one thing they identified was that um, the the grandma's responsibility was to teach the family recipes and cultures to their grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And so purpose, yeah, I was say sense belonging, purpose. Um, this sense of community, is <coughs> what helps um, people live longer and happier. Mm -hmm. uh, so, 
it, it's not just about charity and donating dollars. Just spend some time with people, which we're severely lacking these days for that's, all sorts of reasons. That's funny you mentioned that, actually, because I actually read now, or I heard someone say that in North America, the longest centenarians, or the highest population centenarians, are uh, uh, Dakota... Uh, Aboriginals. Okay. And they, and that kind of makes sense to them. Hmm. Would, would you, like, there's a correlation there because they have a really strong uh, sense of elders. Like, they're like, hmm. right. revered. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, they eat first, you know, before everybody else. Like, they're the wisdom of, like, their tribes kind of things. It's really, it's really, uh, it's parallel unique that, yeah. That it's, uh, well, interesting. What was that, that piece that you and I was talking about? It was the piece around loneliness. <laughs> what was that? So, yeah, the, the opposite of what we're talking about here, like, long, loneliness is as damaging on a cellular level as alcoholism. Sorry, say that again. Loneliness. Yeah. They're they're measuring it now in a, in a scientific study way that loneliness can be as damaging on a cellular level as alcoholism. That's scary, man. Yeah. That's scary. How we like neglect elders in our society, just in Western society. And so, exactly what, what, what he just mentioned with the Okinawa is what you just mentioned with the Dakota. And then I even think about like my own grandparents. And honestly, like it's, it's tough to talk about because I love my, my nonna, I love my grandma, who are the, my, my remaining uh, uh, grandparents. And I 100% don't see them enough. When Stephanie comes into town from New York, she always, always makes time to go see my nonna and my grandma. Always, without question. And I look at my sister and I'm like, damn, she's, she's such a good person. And I sit here and I just don't make time for my nonna. My nonna is literally like right up on Pemina Highway. Like I go to Shapes more consistently than I see my nonna. It's brutal. Shame on you. Shame on me, man. But, but you know what though, seriously, like shame on me. And so it's one of those things where it's like this conversation literally makes me think again and say, she can make your post workout meal, man. She could, man. She could. She could. She could. It's one of those things where, you know, and it, she doesn't even ask for much time. It's like, even if I went in there for like half an hour, yeah. she'd be talking about it for a week. You know what, that's like, that's my challenge. I'm gonna set a 90 day goal. I'm gonna go in there once a week after I've done my workout. Half an hour with Nona. Yeah. yeah. Half an hour to with Nona. Holding you to it. Please do, man, please do. Yeah, man, I think yeah. that's a good idea. And it's, yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of people out there like that. And it's not just, it's not just, like I, and again, I drive by even just things like prison sometimes where I'm like, I'm sure there's a lot of people in there who just wanna have a conversation, you know? Yeah. Right. But I mean, it's just, it seems like kind of a creepy thing to, how do you even approach that? Like, I'm just here to talk to someone who was, hasn't had a visitor. Just wait. Put your hands behind your back. What do you mean? What do you got on you? What do you got? Love. Sense of belonging. Sounds fishy to me, Greg. Lock him up. Get out of here. such a good point though. Like, it's funny how the conversation, to go from community to charity, and then even in your own damn backyard, man. Like, like your own family. Like, isn't that weird though? Like, I wonder why we're becoming so disconnected like that. Like, why are we becoming so self-interested, so focused on, on, on ourselves and less on Just con- each other? convenience. It's convenient. So? It's convenient to not go see your Nana. It's convenient to not go help yeah. dedicate time. It's purely because we live comfortable lives and no one wants to get off their ass to really do anything. So we're too comfortable. Partly. That's, that's I think, I partially what I think a it is. A less negative interpretation is that there's a lot of other opportunities out there that they didn't have and they needed family in, mm-hmm. in their generation more mm-hmm. than we need family today. Yeah. We even started a conversation, time. this is kind of slightly off topic, but just even how in other parts of the world there's more even community within like their sh- neighbors. 
Not because it's true. There's yeah. no reason for within ten houses to everybody have a lawnmower. For everybody to have a snowblower. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's totally redundant. You know what's weird? Yeah. And I notice this. All, it's it's starting to be that way in my neighborhood now. That uh, the lots are bigger. It seems like the further away the houses are in proximity, the more tight knit the community is. Oh, really? It's so bizarre. And I noticed that in my grandma's, where they're like farmers, right? The next house was half a kilometer that way, but they knew them. They would go and yeah. borrow sugar all the time. They would go and talk. They would mm -hmm. go over for coffee and tea and whatever. Yeah, who borrows sugar from their neighbors now? That used to be like a common thing. Right? Yeah. Just yeah. go over to the neighbors and get some sugar. In, yeah. uh, in, I gotta say we're pretty tight on our block. Oh, your, your block your is, neighborhood your is, block is of, ridiculous. Uh, your neighborhood <laughs> is different. Yeah. But uh, in uh, the neighborhood that I am now, same thing. The lots are bigger, but like neighbors will come over. My neighbor came over and let me know that my sump pump outlet was frozen. And he's like, I can help you come over, blah, blah, blah. We wave on the streets as we pass each other. It might be a visitor, someone's just driving through, but like, it's weird how that sense of community isn't necessarily linked to proximity. When I was, when I was like, right next to my neighbor's houses before, you'd go out and just, everyone has their blinkers on, you're annoyed because the guy's, whatever, half parked on like an inch of your driveway or something, it's, it's bizarre. Have you not read Lost Connections yet? Still haven't, I have to. I'm reading a, a couple other books right now, but uh, it's on my list. It's yeah. on my list. What, what's the chain? Like, why is James's community tighter? Um, oh, good question. You know, compared to is this unique? Compared to mine, like, I lived in Edmonton, um, and our neighborhood was really tight. You know, kids were always playing on the street, we had this nice little park that we were always at. Uh, we'd always be out in our front yards rather than our backyards. Yeah. It was something that uh, I miss dearly. That's the same thing. Like, I was gonna say. I think you hit on. I think you hit on one thing. Kids. Yeah. Kids right. make friends with kids yeah. no matter what, right? So if the kids are friends, the parents will almost associate. And I noticed there's a lot in his neighborhood. Yeah. Might have been in yours in Edmonton too. There was. Yeah. Oh, no. well, family's the same age. No. Right? Yeah. yeah That's exactly it. And then so we you know, like I. I can't even remember the last time I spent time in our backyard. It's always the front yard because huh. that's where like the commonality is. Kids play in the street kind of thing, you know what I mean? And that's cool. And we live on a bay which helps, so there's no through traffic. And we even had signs made like, you know, children playing, you know, when we put them in the middle of the street, not on like the side, so people have to like drive around to go slow. Nice. But yeah, wow. there, honestly, cool. there have been times on my driveway, we've probably had 25 people. Shut Adults. Up. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. On a, awesome. on a regular basis. That is unique. On a yeah, regular basis. Where is it? Cool. Sage Creek. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is cool. But it's yeah. just that one street on Sage Creek. You don't get it. Yeah, no, There's nowhere it. else in Sage Creek is doing this. Yeah. When we were moving back, we were considering going to Sage Creek, and my wife wasn't uh, super excited about that. And a buddy of ours says, "Why are we going to Sage Creek? It's like colonizing Mars. There's no trees out there. But but I got friends out there, and it, they're all tight, and, yeah. and it's much closer community. Yeah. I think I think the kids thing makes a big difference. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think so too. Yeah. So on that same note, nice little um, segue. We got the dads of BJJ, and we got my man here, Stu. Y'all have kids. I had one question come up in, um, uh, we had a couple questions from parents. One question in particular I thought was really funny because y'all have daughters. So the one question in particular, I'm just gonna paraphrase it, it was short, but he said, how do you raise young girls today in a society where we believe that men are becoming worse. How do you grow your women up or your young girls up as fathers feeling confident about the men that you have in society today? How do you how do you bridge that? So one, I think I think that question actually has a false premise in it. Mm. I think men are actually getting better if I'm being honest because 
there's all these causes, Me Too movements, and they're really raising awareness to some of these things that have gone unchecked and unnoticed for a really long period of time. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like men, and there's still, I, I feel like there's still a little ways to go, but I think the pendulum's kind of moving in the right direction to have daughters, and hopefully by the time they come of age, this will all work itself out and I won't have to do jack shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go, thank you, society. That's all you need, buddy. But, um, but honestly, I think it's, uh, it's the conversations that you have with your kids on a regular basis, showing the, uh, teaching them about respect, respecting one another, respecting yourself, respecting your body, respecting all those different kinds of things. And what kind of conversation do you have with your kid about that, though? Like, how do you, what kind of conversation? Like, what does that look like? As like to help this guy out. What does a conversation like that even look like to respect yourself, to respect your body? Like, what do you say to your daughters? Like, honestly, your daughter's so young. You're how old is your daughter? <laughs> no, he's like, no, yes, so he, so he, he's like, teach me, boys. So how old is your daughter? Seven. Seven? Uh, she's turning six in uh, March. And Stu? Seven. Seven. Yeah. All right, so all the same age. So all prime years. What are you guys doing to prepare them? So he's worried because he had this example that he shared about um, young boys in school, how like, one of them was touching her butt, right? And how she didn't say anything, right? Until the, one of the teachers noticed and scolded him. And uh, then it created this whole like fear thing about like, oh my God, like if little boys are doing this now, like what are men going to do? And it just so happens, I was on LinkedIn this week and this um, girl was, she's trying to build her business. This woman's building her business, um, fresh out of school. And she's sending out a whole bunch of business development emails to people. Hey, would love to uh, do some business. She would, she actually like put these guys on blast took their profiles, screenshot of them, and they're like, no, I'm not interested in doing business with you, but I'd really love to take you out for dinner. You look really pretty. And I'm like, get out of here. That was just one. The other one was like, um, for sure, I'm an, I'm an expert in, in all things business. I would love to take you out and show you like my wisdom, just so cocky. And it's like, uh, puts like heart emoji, heart emoji, heart emoji. And I'm like, man, like this is what this guy's talking about. Like there's just so many goddamn pigs out there where it's just like, how do you protect your daughter? Like, as a father, you want to like protect your daughter and that stuff yeah. would piss you off. So it's like, I, 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 I feel his pain. I don't feel his pain because I don't have a daughter uh, or a son, but it's like, listen, like if I had a daughter, I'd be a little bit scared too. I gotta be honest with you. I'm not too worried because of what Sean just mentioned. Like, I disagree that there's a false premise. I think the pendulum has swung too far in the opposite direction to the point that like, boys are getting the message that they're bad. They're inherently bad because of how things were in the past. So I'm more, Concerned about my son. Isn't that no. interesting? Wow. I huh. just think that it's like my girl is going to be okay because of these societal checks and balances, which I think are a bit out of control. And it's not, I'm going to, I hopefully am going to instill the message in her that she can do whatever she wants. That doesn't mean she should do anything. You know what I mean? Like you have now equal opportunity and equal rights, but that doesn't mean that, you know, I don't believe in equality of outcomes. I don't, I don't think everyone can do everything. So play to your strengths, do what you're good at, and, and don't let anyone tell you that you can't or shouldn't. Now, my son is like, it's almost challenging because I feel like society is almost against him now, you know? And, and boys, I know this because of my nephew, they're growing up in school getting this message that like, you're wrong because you've had all of these advantages and blah, 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 blah. And I've heard of stories and I've seen them online where kids are going home and asking their, like boys are going home and asking their parents, parents like, am I bad? Wow. Is there something wrong with me? And what can, what are boys good at? And that sort of thing. And I'm kind of like, 
it's just we need to I don't think we have to go 180 degrees in the opposite direction to find that balance that so in the middle yeah yeah it's a good point I never even thought about that a lot of women and even like the, fem the feminism movement in particular I think is bad because it's like it's not bad. It's not wholesome. Oh, we just lost all of our female listeners. <laughs> yeah, it's not what I mean. I'm just Thanks kidding. Talk quick. Yeah, talk quick. Um, but a lot of a lot of the message that women are receiving from strong feminist females is that you know you should do everything that men do. It's like society has valued men and women for different things for millennia. You know, like culture has valued men and women for different things for millennium. And now they're saying that like, women, you should be able to sleep around like men should sleep around. And I'm not saying men should sleep around, but it's also giving our daughters the wrong message that it's like, you could just have casual sex and whatever, right? Mm. That's not the message I want to give to my son or my daughter. Mm. So I just feel like it's just taking on a momentum of its own that I'm kind of concerned on both sides. Like I want to keep my daughter with a level head and raise my son to think that you're not inherently bad. Respect everyone. I don't care man woman whatever treat them as individuals and just just play to your strengths If your strengths are typically masculine strengths to my son then fucking embrace it do you like be you be a strong man If my, be a if my daughter right? is yeah, of course be a gentleman. Yeah, of course if my daughter is a strong independent female like do that mm -hmm. And don't let any man or woman tell you that you can't or shouldn't right? It's just it just, I don't know, people approaching this, you should be this way because you're either male or female is wrong, I think. I don't care if it's mm -hmm. feminism or because of how men were for, for generations. It's just, we shouldn't, we shouldn't do that. Yeah. I think it's a dangerous game to play. So to answer your question, I'm not too concerned about my daughter. I'm starting to get more concerned about my, my son. Wow. My daughter's yeah. going to be a strong girl, man. I'm not, I'm not worried. See you those calves? She'll be real strong. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be this, strong. Did this question come from uh, a single dad? Yeah. Okay, oh. I can see that because very perceptive. Because just the way that he's asking the questions. Because I know in my household, uh, Melissa deals with kind of like the girl issues, which I feel is more suiting. But Melissa already, like you know, will say like those kind of things about like pinching the bum and stuff like that. Like I, from a young girl, like from Melania being, you know, receptive to to understanding speech, like saying like. You know that you know no one's supposed to touch your bum. No one's supposed to ask you to you know mm -hmm. see you naked. Well, that's only a mommy and daddy kind of thing. You know what I mean? But those words came from her. You know what I mean? So I think it's kind of that. And Melissa's a pretty confident woman. So for her to kind of instill her own kind of oh, behavior yeah. in the daughter, right? In my daughter, right? So that's where she kind of takes it. So I honestly, this didn't really add anything, but I could see how it'd be more difficult uh, if it came from a single dad for sure, yeah. because. He doesn't know the same experiences, and even the daughter can relate, but at the same time can't. There's a little you can bit understand the fear he has, though. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Here's a million-dollar question, though. Would you not give the same message to Ethan? Like, not only oh, absolutely. She, absolutely. you shouldn't be pinching girls' bones, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like it's, absolutely. So it's kind of same across the board. It is. It is. Yeah. But when it's kind of more female-related in that aspect, then Melissa kind of takes... I, I completely agree with James, and Ashley's jumped in many a times with parenting stuff, but like... It's just like, you know, I probably should have thought of the obvious thing to say, but Ashley's just right there with like, kind of exactly at the same same avenue there. Like, hey, listen, you know, do, do you let this person do this to you? That's not okay, this this and that, and just kind of the rules so, that I, uh, by. I think I think those are all great points. Um, let's just say that uh, you guys were single dads. What would you, I'm just trying to think about it from his perspective, right? Like a guy who's maybe like, hey, let's say these guys, like, what would I do? I think you gotta take that, that same role. 
you know what I mean? Just kind of instill like just the plant the seeds and ideas from a young age. Just like you know, there's many things that we don't have to experience, but we learned by our parents telling us. Like I didn't have to be, you know, uh, uh, electrocuted to know to not stick my finger in a socket. You know what I mean? Because my parents told me you don't you don't touch this, right? You don't touch that, or you don't do this, right? So I just learned because they told me this shouldn't be right, right? I could get in trouble or I could get hurt. That so made I me think very curious when they told me not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah. 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 So I, but I think it's just taking that, that almost that leadership role and instilling the, you know, what should or shouldn't be at an early age, so that it, you know, basically cultivates into kind of you know morals and, and, uh, and perspective. And to further that point, and I totally agree with that. And to further that point, like if someone has a good book recommendation that maybe oh, they can yeah. really get themselves good informed yeah. about, like how to raise a daughter or whatever else. I don't read books, so that'd be somebody else's enemy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yo, Just but, my number one subscriber to the Cut the Crap Show. Yo, there we go, yeah, baby. Yo, yo, I'm waiting for his golden nuggets. That's all let, I need to do. Let me, go get, let me go get somebody to take that. But that's a great suggestion, though. Like, we live in an information age. Like, if you want to know, don't ask us. Maybe there's uh, there's experts out there who do have the answers for you. Who can? I'm sure there's somebody who's niched. Oh, yeah. And single dads, how do you raise daughters? I'm almost positive there's a YouTube channel, a website, a business, a book, a blog, something out there that will give you some information. And if there's not, there's an opportunity for you out there. Listen, I'm, I'm gonna wade myself into some hot water here. Oh, by oh saying boy, that. here we go, baby. Here <laughs> we get ready. By saying that. In my relationship, we do gravitate, like, my wife is from, from Ukraine where they have very strong gender roles, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but it works for us. I've, I've gravitated towards a lot of typically masculine roles, but I also love doing things like cooking and laundry and whatever else, right? And she finds that she doesn't want to cut the grass. So she looked at me, I'm like, I don't care. I like doing that, right? So that works for us in our relationship. It's kind of the same that you were talking about when it comes to, like, female advice to whether my my daughter or my son, I see my wife filling that role. If I didn't have her, I don't know if I'm in a position to give the same advice to both of my kids. So I personally would defer to maybe her sister or another woman who can give her that gentler, softer perspective. And it doesn't necessarily need to be a female, it could be a man, whatever, but just someone else. Like I think there is a benefit to, again, I say hot water, I gotta choose my words very carefully, to having more than just one influence. You know, like there's a reason oh, I, why I completely I think it takes two people to make a child. Like mm -hmm. a lot of the time when I'm talking, even just the way that I communicate with either my son or my daughter, sometimes I look at it like her approach is the only one that would have got through in that particular situation. Yeah. Or my approach was the only one that would have got through with the same child, mm -hmm. right? So there's a sense of balance that they almost need. And it goes back to your thing where you're, you're not a prophet in your own land. Sometimes they just need to hear the message in, di yes. in a different way from someone yeah. else, just I to, agree. you know, maybe give a bit of balance in the way that it's, it's either perceived or delivered. So for me, I would defer to someone else who would give that opposite or more more balanced approach. I love that point. Greg. To counter mine. I, yeah, I think that um, people in general are inherently tribal, whether we like it or not. <laughs> yeah, that's just how we're built, mm -hmm. and you can see it um, even more so in kids when it's a, a girl issue, then girls tend to go ask girls. And when it's a dad issue, you know, the opposite. Right. I think like this single dad's gonna have to try and um, answer as many questions as he can, but if he's not getting the results he wants, then that's an awesome suggestion yeah. um, from you, Arlen. Um, and the original question, like, what do you do in, in, this, in this world? 
I mean, I don't know. I, I think school, is, or my school anyways, is doing a really good job with my daughter in teaching her. Maybe even too good. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's hilarious. So she just teach them confidence, and they'll figure it out. Um, or figure almost all of it out. And so she's got uh, that in spades. So she's learning, like, you know, my body kind of thing in, in grade two. And so What's cool? Uh, Laidlaw. Okay. We're, so we're, we're telling, telling our daughter, okay, like, can you go let the dogs out? She's like, no, it's my body. I can do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you may have misunderstood or taken this attention. Bones, take the damn dogs out. Take your body and get that. That's awesome. So she's figuring out her negotiating. She's figuring out how far she can take her confidence. But I think that in those situations, confidence goes a long way to protecting yourself and speaking up for yourself. And, and society these days, especially in my school, when it was my experience, they're doing a great job in, in installing that confidence and knowledge nice. that your body is yours uh, and you do with it what feels good. So maybe it comes back to even what Gray is saying, is that you know, he believes that society now is putting a lot more emphasis and, 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 and um, focus on that to build strong conflict women. I think that's a good thing, right? right? To counteract maybe some of the um, uh, mistreatment that women have faced for many years from uh, really bad men. I don't wanna say men, we gotta differentiate, it's not all men, bad men. But then it comes back to full circle where to this, to this gentleman who listens to us, um, it comes back to full circle about community. Listen, you're not a prophet in your own land, you need help. Who in your neighborhood can you build a relationship with who does have daughters, who, who does have a mom? Um, who in your community, who in your neighborhood, who, do your neighbors even can be an influence? The, yeah, the only thing, the only thing yeah. that I will say, and I really do like Grace Point, and I think it's 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 really powerful one. Uh, but the only thing I will say is you're going to have things that are going to come up on a day to day basis that you can't just go and run to whoever, sure. go run to yeah. there, and you have to be there with some solid advice for your kids, mm -hmm. and that's where I think if you are in a position where you're by yourself and you're a single dad. Uh, you might not even have the help, first off, but it, it's important to get informed and it's important to come up with a freaking strategy because you're their lifeline and they're going to be looking to you before they look to anybody else. Maybe you could look to someone else though. Like maybe you could. 100%, that's what I'm saying. Get informed, whether it's a book, whether it's you're talking to somebody, whether it's whatever it happens to be because you're going to run into situations where so here's something, I'm you need the answer now. You have that with your son too. I, I get that. I oh, mean, absolutely. Yeah, so I saw even about male female like no 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 i'm just saying yeah so i might throw you into some hot water here but let's just say you are a single dad i feel like you are somebody who's got supreme confidence in the fact that you would never yeah. you maybe would never ask this question you'd be like i'm gonna figure it out i'm gonna figure it, i'm gonna do it like what would you do if you're a single dad you know, to, like because you got two I, daughters i gotta say that i i've thought about this a few times or like a disaster scenario where i lost Ashley, mm -hmm. I, I would think to myself like i gotta fucking find a a, a capable spouse because mm -hmm. It, kids need two parents. Mm. Kids really do need two parents. I, I, I really feel sad for the the kids out there that only have one, and I, I'm I'm sorry that that you know I re my heart goes out to that. Now that, that's what hits me in the feels is kids more yeah, than anything. I know. And uh, and so I do feel that uh, kids need two parents. So I would I would work diligently hard to try and find the best spouse that I could for my kids, not not necessarily wow. for myself. Oh, and uh, just and 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 try and lean on them to actually provide that 
missing piece of the puzzle because I, as much research as I feel like I could do, it still would never replace that other side of the coin. It's an answer I didn't expect, but I yeah. love the answer, man. Yeah. Wow. And, okay. and, and just being with Ashley and seeing how she communicates differently with my kids than I would, it's just, I have to give her all the credit in the world because she's just like a, a, an immovable object when it comes to that type of information. It's something that I can't just, things that I would have never thought of. It's just like second nature to her is just something that I'm like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, Isabella, hey, hey, you know, right? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, and it's only things that you can kind of learn once you've actually walked the path, if you will. So like if I had to raise a third girl, up to the age of five, I think I'd be all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> After that, well, you're on your own. <laughs> now you don't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> no map here. Yeah. That's so funny. So to kind of like bridge that question, I had three questions that were all about the exact same thing. The birds and the bees. Mm -hmm. When and how do you do that conversation? How do you have that conversation about sex with your kids? Again, Ashley, this is her, what she's going to have to Ashley, deal with. Ashley, deal with this, please. This is what she's going to have to deal <laughs> with. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, listen, I haven't had to have that conversation yet. Uh, even though Ashley's pregnant right now, we've kind of had some things about, like, oh, the baby's in your belly, and oh, how did it get there? And, uh, I don't know that we, we really had a full kind of conversation about it. So it's one of those things where, listen... <laughs> I'm good up till five after that. <laughs> so you're pretty much saying like, I don't know, listen, tap it out. I, I, don't, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. Fair uh, enough. And, and I, so I, how are you going to learn? So you just, so is Ashley prepared for that? I feel like just like when you were a kid, when it comes time to have that discussion when they're maybe coming of age and you know they have their first period or whatever it is, then it might be that time to see always before that. that. Probably maybe, before maybe, that. Maybe, maybe before that, yeah, probably. They, start, they, Again, get curious. I don't know. they get curious, I think, is the time to what, what year do you think, or what, did, yeah, what age? Did different. we pull? Did any of your parents have this discussion? Never. No, no, my parents never had this discussion. Not even they they were just like, hopefully TV takes care of it for you. Maybe they should have. Uh, I'm gonna say my son, 12 years old. My daughter, 16. Get <laughs> <laughs> myself in more hot water. I'm gonna have a double standard. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'll teach my son, and he'll exactly. <laughs> Got it all figured out. Wow, I feel a whole bunch of uncomfortable men at this table. Don't know what the hell the answer to that. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's. I don't know. I, I think the best the best thing to do to answer like. Further to the question before, and I won't completely dodge it, but I think I think communication is important. I think like not just like answering the questions your your child asks, but making sure they're comfortable to talk to you about anything. That's so yeah. you make sure that they feel safe, that they feel supported, that they can ask these questions, no questions that we feel balance. super awkward about. Yeah. Don't let on that it's super awkward yeah. for us. Yeah. And just answer it straight up. Like, don't tell them before they're ready, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but if they're asking the question, then I think we owe them. We owe it to them to give them the answer. Mm -hmm. yeah. But so how do you, like, where do you start? What do you talk about? Like, I, yeah, just, I, like what I, I don't feel the high by discomfort. I'll be honest about the fact that I'm uncomfortable. Did <laughs> <laughs> you feel like it would be an easier conversation with Roman though than it would with Sierra? 
I have a feeling. <laughs> From my three month old? Let me yeah. try to project <laughs> Way easier, yeah. Do you think it's easier to- He's way more receptive. Ethan, let's use Ethan as an example, okay? Like, he's three months, let's give the guy a break. You got some time. But I think it'd be easier to have a conversation the with, with Melania. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know. I think it'd be pretty equal because Melania is pretty like open in that sense that she doesn't really, she's not that like guarded or not guarded is the right word. She's just not very. She's not shy. No, she's not shy. She's like a natural, like extroverted heart. Like she yeah. likes the company. She likes talking about things. She likes telling you about her day. She likes everything can like to be exposed. So I don't think it would be as awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but, but like, I actually think Ethan, because Ethan is very kind of like shuts down really quickly. If, I, if something's bothering him and I try to like talk to him about it, he'll just shut down. No, I'm fine, I'm fine. And I can like, but Ethan, I know something's bothering you right now. I can tell by your body language that you're not fine. No, I'm fine, just leave me alone, just leave me alone. And then he just really starts to like clamp down and will not open up. And I, I have to like literally kind of back off completely and just be patient and just kind of like start talking about something else. And then I'll slowly like slide in the odd word and be like, oh, so, so remember like, 20 minutes ago, you're kind of upset. You're, oh, nothing, I don't want to talk about it. And then like, okay, it's not ready yet. So then more time goes on, then I'll bring it up again. You know, oh, it's just about something at school. And like, okay, well, no, it's nothing. It's just, so then I have to bring it up like mm-hmm. now, hours later, just slowly kind of like peel away the layers. Cause he will, if I try to force that out of him, he will like literally shut down, clamp up, hide in his closet, shut the door and like, don't talk to me, don't touch mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So. Did, did, I, I think they're two different people. So to kind of go back to your question, that Melania isn't that way. Melania, wow. Melania wants that. She, she, Melania's dramatic that. because she wants you to bring it out of her. Right. So if she's upset about something, she's being dramatic in that sense of like crying or stomping to her room or something because she wants someone to follow her. She wants someone to sit down with her and say, "What's wrong, Melania? Let's talk. Tell me what happened." And she'll just right away. Well, this and this happened, and this like she will not hold back. <laughs> so I don't think it'll be as bad with her because she. Like, I don't think she's that awkward, kind of like, why are you talking to me kind of thing. She likes yeah. to talk. Kind of. Hopefully it'll stay that way. Hopefully, yes. Yeah. I have a guy at work who kind of said something in a similar vein where his daughter is now 17, son's 14. And he said it was easier to have a conversation with his daughter because he, he always just found that he related really? more to how she feels interesting how his really? son felt about it. So wow, he's had a conversation twice now and he's like, no, it was with the girl, it was no problem with the son. It was like he was kind of uncomfortable really? and awkward. Hey? And yeah. So huh. it just comes down to like how they view it and how they are and you got to take Every it kid's different, I guess. Yeah. Hey? And every relationship with your kid is different. Right. That's, that's, true. True. that's true too. I only have the one, and Ryan's met my daughter, yeah. and she's, the hilarious part about this is she's probably going to listen to this podcast, <laughs> and now I'm going to have to answer these questions. <laughs> shut it off in the car, shut it off in the car! <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I encourage her to be inquisitive, and yeah, it'll be awkward on you, but I'll, I'll find some courage. Stumble your way through it. Yeah, find some courage sure. and spit out the answers for her. But does this not want you guys to, like, prepare? Like, are you guys not going to read a book or watch a video? No, I'll probably read a book. I think Stuart's answer is really the hitting the nail on the head. It's just like, no matter how I handle this, I want to encourage you to ask questions right. and have conversations with me, right? And I'm, I might give you the wrong answer and I'll dwell on it, think about it, come back and we'll talk, right. talk about it again after I've got advice from some other people or whatever the case might be. But it's like, I never want to shut down those lines of communication. So yeah. hopefully that's how I would approach it. Where, yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know. This is this this is a conversation that clearly we need to have. Maybe I'm not ready to have it right now, but yeah. 
I like the fact you that time. you feel comfortable talking to me about yeah. it. You know, like yeah. that's that's some you, you have to cherish that. You have to um, encourage that. And Absolutely. So, I like that. That's the best approach to take, and that's the best way to feel your way. You're not gonna have that's that's one example of a lot of potentially uncomfortable conversations that you're gonna have with your kid, right? Totally so one of many, yeah. One of you many. can't you can't educate yourself before all of them. So. Fair enough. How do you feel your way through? How many of you leave it to school? Because they're teaching sex ed in I school. I don't want to leave it to school. I'm, I'm one of those people who would rather, like, things like that, I would rather come from me, you know, or so I what, have What grade do they teach you in school? Five. Grade <laughs> five? Teach wow. You Ten years old? Really? Well, wow. I remember I remember when I was at lunch school, it's, it was odd numbers. It was five, seven, nine, eleven. Really? Family, like, yeah. Okay. I had no idea. I can't remember the context, but I definitely know in grade seven, it was told me there was, it was about sex, 100%. Yeah. I remember in grade nine we were throwing the rubber on the stick. Mm. I don't think we ever did that in yeah. St. Maurice. Yeah. Yeah, grade nine. Uh, we're yeah. Because I remember. I remember condoms. Oh, yeah. condoms. Did we do that? We didn't do that. We never did that. That's why my kids go to St. Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> condoms. We don't believe in condoms here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're gonna learn about it on TikTok in grade Yeah, three. man, no oh, doubt. Yeah. Okay, the last question about parenting related. Um, team sports. Versus individual sports. Both. We got a dad who's 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 trying to figure out what to put their kid in. Individual sports or team sports. Which one would you guys recommend? I have a strong who's, opinion on this. Oh, okay. Let's hear a strong opinion. So for me, uh, Collins, my daughter's an only child. So I have a strong bias to getting her into team sports. She's got to learn to participate, share, uh, go point. through those trials and tribulations. If I had, you know, a family of four kids then I'd be less worried about it, mm -hmm. but we definitely want to get her into those team sports because she gets a lot of alone time, gets her own way. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it depends on the kid, depends, depends on the family, but for me personally, given all those factors, we err to the side of, of team sports. That makes such a good point, just cool. to give that balance, right? Like, yeah. no, you don't always get the ball. You don't always get to score. Yeah. You have to cooperate with these people. It's like, ugh, but it gives that balance to that kid as they develop. That's a damn good answer. I'm okay. going to insist on both. Uh, not necessarily at the same time, but you, you have to do both. An individual sport and a team sport. Whichever one you gravitate towards, I don't care if your individual sports fencing and your team sports luge. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's, or, uh, it doesn't even have to be a sport. Call it an activity. They want right. to do piano. They want to do music. No, for right? me it's got to be a sport. <laughs> it absolutely has to be a physical sport. 100%. No, no, I, I mean as the individual one. No, I'm both. You have to play an individual sports. sport and a team sport. Why? Badminton, why, tennis, why, why does it have to be a sport? Because the difference between learning a musical instrument and a sport is there's win or lose in sports. It's, mm -hmm. it's uh, meritocracy. You're, you're, you're judged based on... The can, can, can't, you, can't you go into uh, be a pianist and go into a competition? No, they don't get the same thing out of it. Not, not to mention the physical... I like the, the physical benefits of sport and physical activity, but... Uh, no, it's it's not about competition for playing musical instruments. It's about what? advancing up and becoming great at it. It's not becoming. There's definitely like crazy piano competitions that like these guys like go all out and they're like I don't want to say train. I don't but, think that's like, the default. Like, I don't think that's the default. I it's easier it's to have a competition in sport though, right? Like they will have competitions constantly where it's just one. They're not training to together. compete in musical yeah. instruments. They're training generally to, to, especially if it's a single instrument, they're playing that like become a concert level pianist and advance their skills, but not in comparison to another person. I think you'd find far less competitions if you're learning an instrument than you would if you were like learning. I also said I wanted to do that too, or them to do that too though. This is what I was talking about. The four things that I want them to do, learn a language. I don't care what it is. 
uh, learn a musical instrument, I don't care what it is, and sports, both team and individual. And we're going to travel. So what kind of individual sport? I told you, I don't care. I don't oh. care if it's fencing. Darts. I don't care if it's boxing. I don't Darts. care if it's whatever. Golf, you know, bowling. This guy. He cares. He cares. <laughs> I don't care. I have a, a little reference. Bit. <laughs> I have a bias, but at the same time, I'm gonna whatever they're interested in. I'm gonna try and foster that. But what, I definitely want it to come out. What about hey? Oh. Little video games. Yeah. That's a hey. No, that's a competition, right there. That's no, a competition. I like the physical aspect. It is, and I, there's a lot of benefits to that too. I'm kind of old school, where you know I'm only learning about this now. That like that's kind of a legit thing now, and oh, totally. I see the reasons why. But I'm still kind of like Real I want sports. her to get out and it to be all on her. Yeah. That Fortnite Real guy sports. made buckets full of money on that last Man, competition. People yeah. on like Twitch and stuff. It's crazy. It's but yeah, no, I know. I definitely want an individual on a team sport to answer. I like that. That's the question. How about you, James? Uh, I would I would agree. I think it you, I think it's based on that individual child, kind of like to to yeah. uh, to Stu's uh, uh, point there. If if you feel that your child would benefit from a team aspect, then you should do team. If you feel like your child would do better at a uh, soul aspect, like if they're for example, if they're really shy and they don't have confidence, I think an individual sport is really good at doing that because it's it's kind of all on them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there isn't a team to kind of carry you. Yeah. Um, and then if you know, on the swing side of things, if you have a problem, you know, sharing that you all want all the glory and everything like that, then yeah, team sport is what you should uh, completely agree for. But I, I, to add to Arlen's point, if you can do both, find something that your child likes for both. I think that's that's great too. So you said it's interesting. You said if she even loved to do boxing. There's no yeah. cap on the type of sports, so let me ask, like, um, I don't know, yeah. your I boys, would you boxing, to be honest, for either of them, but, um, like, did you let your boys play football? Yeah, they, she, he does. He does? Ethan plays football? You okay with that? That Aaron Hernandez thing kind of made me, like, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's the thing, like, I think, like, the, the awareness of it is becoming much more common though the, the head injuries and in, in sports and they're not they're not playing full contact yeah at, at Ethan's age yeah. really okay because yeah. if I had a kid I would not be putting him in kickboxing no I'm not, not a chance yeah. like I did kickboxing never put my kid in kickboxing never you talk to all these MMA guys like I would never tell my kid to get an MMA you know it's one of the most dangerous sports for uh for girls to play cheerleading so cheerleading shut up yeah. I swear to god are you, you watching one, one of the most dangerous sports broken nose in general. shut most up injuries out of any sport for come girls. on out of any sport any sport Come on. Rugby. Yeah. And, and I was thinking something no, rugby, no. roller derby, or like come on. Roller and derby. Again, we have yeah. the ro I don't think roller derby is probably, we have yeah, probably the on sex for yeah. that one. Yeah. Or is it like overall? I think it's person like first ah, uh yeah. Participant. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, no, it's holy crap. But I think I think there's to be some context here because we're not talking about girls just you know just doing high kicks. It's it's the throwing. Yeah. It's the throwing. That's fair. Aerials are acting That's true. So again, like what if your kid did want to do like uh, kickboxing and you're just like no like would you tell your kid no because here's the thing if my parents told me no I wouldn't be who I am today like I'm glad my parents didn't say no so do you put a cap on your kid or, or what do you do in that case where it's like my kid wants to get into boxing wrestling um, uh, if you're really whatever, against it racing, uh, like motorcycle racing or ooh. things like that like parents you know what do you say you no. say no? Motherfucker, no! Really? No, you missed that. What You you give them something else. That but what if they could have been like the motocross, like racing, like boss, just a G, and you stopped them from doing it? Like I, I just listened to one really interesting podcast with a guy. Man, I think his last name's Hill, and he ended up becoming a world uh, F1 champion. And his Damon dad, Hill? Damon, Damon Hill, Hill, yeah. So. Yeah. I think it's Damon Hill and his dad was 
Something else hill. Anyways, his dad was Wait, crazy. Damon's, Damon's a little older now too. Yeah. His dad was crazy famous from F1, but died racing. Mm. And he died when his kid was like 14. Oh wow. So Damon, um, sister's mom. Didn't he die in a plane crash? You're right. Yeah. I don't think he died, died on the track. But anyways. Mm. Made this. You had to ruin the story. Thanks. Now my whole point's gone. But they, they were talking about how. Like racing essentially killed his dad, and uh, so he goes to his mom. He says, "Mom, I think I want to do motorcycle racing." And his mom bit her lip and said, because she knew that he was going to do it anyways, and said, "Okay, honey, as long as you do it as safely as you know how." Mm. And I mean, that's one of the most dangerous sports on the planet. Mm -hmm. These guys are going uh, faster than any vehicle out there, and with nothing between them and the cement. And the story that he told and how brave his mom was, um, single parent uh, teaching this, this young human being uh, those lessons, was, must have been so tough and she so was so courageous through the process. And I don't know what the right decision is. And I don't know that I would have that courage to do that. Yeah. But that was um, quite a story. No kidding. Well, it's like, even like my parents, when I was, uh, when I was a teen, I wanted to do like WWE wrestling. We had like a great wrestling community here. We had a lot of like wrestling experts here and I wanted to go and do it. I was like, I'm going to go do be a That's WWE wrestler. Cool. Right? Yeah. And I would have been great at it. Right. I got, I got the mouth. Like I could have <laughs> totally done it. I would have been the high flyer off the top rope. My parents were like, absolutely not. Like why not? My parents were against it. I want a contest too, where this this woman was gonna make me like my custom like outfit. I made it look, I made it like Jin Kazama from Tekken. She's like, yep, 100%. Like I want my costume to look just like this. And she's like, yep, 100%. She's gonna make me like a Jin Kazama call, costume. Call me an idiot, but I I I I I'd be okay with that. My parents said no be because okay my dad knew all about like the wrestling like world, like painkillers, steroids. Like he just he knew about it, right. Said no, but then it was like fine. I'm gonna do kickboxing. My parents were like. Absolutely. It was so easy for them to say no to wrestling, so easy for them to say yes to kickboxing, and I still thank them to this day. I'm like, thank God you guys said no to wrestling. Thank God, because the wrestling game, it never ends well for people. It no. never ends well. The kickboxing game, like, I got out scot-free, baby. And so like, isn't, isn't that your kind of get out of jail free card to say no to your kids? Even just the, the realization that you have right now, that, that, that saying, man, thank God my parents said no to this because they knew something that I didn't. I could have been like, I could have been the, one of the best. Like, we had a great community here too. Like Chris Jericho comes straight from Winnipeg. Like yeah, Cyrus yeah. comes from Winnipeg. Like um, the Kenny Omega comes from Winnipeg. Like I would have been training with these guys. Um, I went to the same program that all these guys went through. Like it, I would have, I could have been great. But at the same time, like I'm okay with that. Cause even I look at Chris Jericho and I follow the guy on like Instagram and I'm like, that guy's like struggling to bend down on his knees, like painkiller. Like it's just not an easy life. And I'm like, thank God my parents made that decision for me. Yeah. You know, I'm glad they did. You so would have been, you would have been a great uh, wrestler. Probably would have been great, you know. But it's just like, it's at some point you got to make a decision. You'd have been a villain. For sure. Oh, for sure. We've been the villain. Absolutely. The beard, the ball. Look at yeah. that scarf. Black, yeah. too. Totally would have. Totally would have. Yeah. Just coming out there. Just, just like, just a douchebag. Yeah. Come yeah. the ring. <laughs> douchebag. Unbelievable. All right, let's wrap this up. Golden Nuggets, boys. Golden Nuggets. What do we got? Who wants to go first today for Golden Nuggets? Top takeaways. Top takeaways. I mean, to give it to our guest about the, how do you approach the uncomfortable conversations. It's just encourage them. Encourage, like, lean in. You know what I mean? Prepare to be uncomfortable and always keep those lines of communication open. I appreciate that one. My man Stu, yeah. coming through. Thanks, Good buddy. for you, man. Appreciate I, it. Uh, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pull one out that Stu said as well, is teach them, teach them confidence. 
and everything else will follow. He kind of... But not too much. Don't, yeah. don't forget that little part. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he, he hit the nail on the head, and I like that little story about uh, with your daughter there, about uh, yes, her, her body. own body is not going to take the dog out. I thought that was good. It is your body in yeah. my house. Yeah. <laughs> Mine would be the... Uh, just going to like Dollarama or, or I was thinking to buy like cheeseburgers or something like that and hell them out at, mm. a, at a shelter. Cool, man. Yeah, it's super yeah, easy. Because it is super easy. It is super easy. And that's something that I would actually have time for. Like, because it's not going to take your whole day. It might take half an hour, an hour. You know? Totally. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Something totally I can do. Arlen's was interesting because it gave me kind of a little bit of a paradigm shift because I was totally on the bandwagon of like, man, like, poor women growing up in this world today, right? But then to completely, like, a complete paradigm shift of my thought of like, wow. I never thought about that. Like, what kind of world is Roman growing up in, right? And, and, and has the pendulum swung too far? It, I just kind of got into a little train of thought myself and thought about that. It's one of those things I'm going to walk out of here. I'm going to think more about that and just more about that. So I, I love the thought that challenges my perspective in terms of what I think the world is. And that was one of those, like, big thoughts that kind of just, like, shook things loose a little in there. So I'm going to give some thought. But uh, good discussion regardless, boys. Great discussion. So, again, this episode. Whoa, do I get a gold nugget? No. Oh no! Guess I'm gonna go. Push your goddamn mouth, dude. Sorry, just get my back. My bad, dude. My bad. <laughs> totally forgot. I'm so sorry. My bad. Though. My bad. Okay. Don't He's watch. forgotten me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, all you guys. I wrote down a note from each and every one of you, except maybe Ryan. About uh, <laughs> that's deleted now. About uh, what we can do in the volunteer app. Uh, those are all nuggets that we're going to apply and, and try and program in. So thank you, boys, for that. Awesome, pleasure. Thank Love you that. for coming out. Yeah, yeah. Nice. thank you. Yeah. No, it's cool. We got to have you back out because so many more stories I want to touch on and uh, and discuss with you. So we'll we'll have to bridge those topics on another uh, future episode. Man, Honored sure. to be here and love to come back. Absolutely, man. Again, this episode of Brain Jitsu brought to you by the Aura Ring. Again, go to AuraRing.com slash RRX for $50 off your ring and a free sizing kit. But again, that's uh, the BJJ crew with uh, Sean, James, Arlen, myself, Ryan, and uh, my good friend, Stu. Thanks for joining us, brother. Thanks for having me. Catch you back here next week, everybody. Take care. Good night.